0: This is a 980 CKNW podcast.
1: You're live on Get Connected. Andy Barrar here, filling in for Mike Agarbo. I'm joined in studio, as always, with AJ Vickery. AJ, how are you? Hey, bud. Good to see you. Uh, We got an excellent show for you today. Later on, of course, we're going to go open line and take any of your tech questions and calls. If you need any buying advice, a lot of new tech products are going to be coming on the scene this uh, fall and winter season. So if you have any questions about that, let us know. We're also going to be talking about TV mounts because now that we're hitting into September and we're hitting into the fall season, that's where all the new TV shows are going to be coming out. A lot of people out there might be buying a new TV or maybe want to mount their existing flat screen. We're going to talk to the folks over at Canto Mounts about why you would want to mount. Should you mount your television and what kind of benefits does it offer? We're also going to be talking about classrooms, particularly the use of smartphones by students in the classroom. Do they have a right to bear smartphones in the classroom or should teachers do something to curb them from using their phones when they should be paying attention? Well, we're gonna be talking to a professor over at the University of Waterloo about an ingenious solution that he has to help teachers uh, limit the cell phone use by students. And not by just taking them away, but really teaching them what he calls digital abstinence. But first, you know, lots of, AJ, tech news happened this week. Amazon just became the second company just after Apple to hit a trillion dollar valuation. Big. That's big. Now Amazon of course you know has been around for a long time we actually had to google when Amazon was first founded and AJ it was a long long time ago
2: it was you know it's really scary when you think about how young uh, the company is again to you know have grown so far in such uh, short a short period of time but when you think about it the company Amazon is really only 24 years old you know when the, the its birthday being July 5th 1994 I remember selling computers uh, back in 1994 I used to work at uh, Doppler. Computer That's store, right. um, and uh, with David Chalkum. For some of the listeners out there who still remember David, um, yeah, we were we were like Amazon didn't exist until then, and really no one had even really heard of it until after that. I remember uh, you know online shopping stores um, starting up. I remember Mega Depot. Uh, which turned into Envia. It was one of Canada's um, you know, biggest stores that actually reached, I think, $1 billion in, in value at
1: some point during the, the whole dot-com craze. Well, that's right. When Amazon first started, they were just selling books, yeah. just typical books, and they're doing it online. And then they moved into the e-books with their Kindles. They started creating these Kindle e-readers because that's where they saw the future. Then they moved on to the Amazon Web Services, which is based pretty much the cloud. And they support a lot of... Of the internet today. A lot of companies out there, big ones, are using Amazon's cloud services. Then they really changed the game with Amazon Prime. Yes. The ability to have a subscription and get free shipping, online shipping to buy stuff. And now They've even moved into Hollywood with Amazon Video. So this company has been growing and growing. And what's interesting, AJ, is that it got a trillion-dollar valuation, but this whole time they really haven't been making any money. They've been just growing really, really fast. And investors seem to want to jump on that bandwagon.
2: Well, again, it's just one of these things where you know you you look over your shoulder and you're just surprised. Like I, I think I saw a delivery uh, person uh, carrying a box with uh, John uh, Krasinski's picture on it, and I was like. Is that an Amazon box? And I was like, "Yep, yeah," because yeah, Amazon Prime just launched the new series. That's right. Um, and uh, Jack Ryan series, and uh, season one is out, and they're putting a lot of uh, investment into season two, from what I understand. And uh, so, you know, I went and crushed the season on Amazon Prime. I'm a Prime member, so I got access to their video. It's just like logging into Netflix. Yep. You know, uh, and you get to watch the entire program. Uh, and this is just one more thing
1: Amazon does. Well, Amazon is just. Absolutely huge. If you look at the United States and e-commerce, and that's basically people buying stuff online, for every dollar of e-commerce happening in the United States right now, 49 cents is attributed to Amazon. Staggering. They have about a half a million employees generating about $178 billion in annual revenue. So they sell pretty much anything on Amazon, and now they're hitting that trillion-dollar valuation. The big question is, especially when you look at Amazon and Apple, is which company is going to hit two trillion trillion first? And, you know, a lot of people are speculating because they're very different companies, one making hardware and software for the mobile devices that we use every day, and the other one just selling pretty much everything and anything you could possibly imagine. And I think why investors like Amazon, AJ, is that it really has that excitement. They're always trying to push the boundaries of what is possible, especially number five years ago, they were saying that we're going to start delivering via drones, and mm-hmm. everyone thought that was a joke. But they're actually really serious about doing this, and they're investing a lot of R and D to make that happen.
2: Yeah, I think I was reading recently about a, a drone experiment that went on where they delivered a, a popsicle um, um, to a young boy in his backyard via drone. That's right, uh, as a test as a test run, and sure enough, like from the through the logistics, the point where at which the drone had picked up the product and delivered it to the backyard, uh, the young uh, child got a frozen popsicle.
1: Well, they've also made a patent out there. I don't know if you heard about this. They're basically going to create a huge blimp in the sky and then have a fulfillment center that is like in the air and what they want to do is be able to have these drones go up to this fulfillment center, get your package and then come down and deliver it to you and so it seems literally out of this world but (laughs) if there's any company that can do it, it's got to be Amazon and simultaneously they're trying to take on Netflix right now and and win those because they have those prime subscribers and they can try to lure them away from the likes of netflix and they're doing that by making original content like you said with the new jack ryan series
2: yeah staggering so they did dip below the one trillion mark by the end of uh, business close but the fact is is that they've hit that threshold now and we're probably going to see it just go from there and like you say who's going to be number two who's going to hit two trillion
1: I who don't do you think, think I don't. Who, who would you put your money on? Amazon. Amazon. Absolutely. I think yeah. so too. Yeah, but I, the question is, how long? You know. Well, here's the difference. Here's what I, I I think that Amazon really has it going for them. A lot of these advertisers, you know, they look at what websites you're visiting and they try to create a profile of you. Amazon knows exactly what you're purchasing. Just that power of knowing what you purchase, when you purchase, how much you purchase it. Mm-hmm. That that kind of data is really going to help them uh, cater you know, advertisements directly to their customers. And so that's what we're seeing happen right now. They're growing. They're not really focused on money. When they went public in 1997, Jeff Bezos, who is the owner of Amazon, said, I'm not going to feel the pressure of Wall Street. I'm going to do what I want to do. And you know what? He's been doing it. He has now, he is worth more than Warren Buffett and Bill Gates combined. (laughs) He's got a lot of money out there, and he's, he's really, I don't know if you've seen him, but he's like work, he works out now. He's all buff and big. So yeah. the, the man is very, very confident, and he's looking to change the world. And frankly, with the trillion-dollar valuation, the second only to Apple, um, he's definitely on the right path. we got a great contest this week. you got to go to our website. We're giving away the BlackBerry Key 2. That's right. We're giving away a BlackBerry. The BlackBerry is still around. It's running on the Android operating system. But if you love that tactile keyboard, you definitely have to enter this contest. And
2: I guarantee you, there's a lot of people out there who love the BlackBerry, still part of that whole,
1: and so we're giving away the newest version, the Key2 just launched. It's AJ, it's the best of both worlds. You get like an Android operating system. So you get all those apps that are out there, They're like over a million apps. But then you also get the keyboard as well. And that's what people really love about the BlackBerry is that keyboard. It's actually a little bit bigger on the key two so to enter you just got to go to our website just go to getconnectedmedia.com it'll take you to our facebook page you'll see the contest right there and just like it comment on why you want it or what features you like about the key two to enter and win you're back with get connected andy barrar here filling in for mike Agarbo. I'm joined in studio of course with get connected's aj vickery Well, it's one week into back to school. All the kids have gone into the classrooms. And along with them going inside, they're bringing their smartphones. But should they? And how do teachers keep kids from being distracted with their smartphones being in their pocket? Well, to learn more about this, we have an excellent guest. His name is Marcel O'Gorman. He's the director of Critical Media Lab and professor of English over at the University of Waterloo. Professor, thanks for joining us. Thank you. Now, we all know that Cell phone use, especially in the classroom, is is very, very distracting. It prevents kids from staying focused on the task at hand and listening to their teachers. And this is not just a problem that we're having in Canada, but worldwide. And a lot of different countries are trying to tackle it. Uh, In Ontario, there's also been an issue where where you work. Tell us about um, the different options out there for teachers to try to prevent kids from using their phones. Of course, one of them is just try to take it right away way. But your approach is a little bit different. Tell us, our, our listeners, about that.
3: Yeah, absolutely. So uh, my approach comes out of a research project that's actually called digital abstinence. And uh, that doesn't mean I'm an advocate <laughs> of abstinence, uh, let alone digital abstinence. But it, basically, the idea is that uh, rather than having teachers take the phone away altogether, I think we need some plans to put agency in the hands of the students and get them involved in the process, and thinking about thinking about it and making wise choices with their devices so the you know there are products out there that would allow you to lock a student's phone inside a case, and uh, the student can have the phone with them, but they can't access it unless the teacher lets them unlock it with a special unlocking mechanism. To me, it's a very top-down kind of approach, and so is just taking the phone away and putting it in a, some kind of uh, cupboard or something at the front of the class. So the product I developed is called Resistor Case, and the students actually make the case themselves, and they have to use a hammer to pound rivets into this uh, special fabric to make the case. And the key is a very loud Velcro enclosure. So when they want to open their case to access their phone, They make a lot of noise and cause a disruption. So it causes them to think twice before opening that case.
1: You know, Marcel, I got to say, I really like this idea about the resistor case for two reasons. One, you're making them build the case themselves. This is not something that they're given to and then they have to put their phone in. They're actually creating it. And that takes advantage of what a lot of people are calling the IKEA effect. And that's when you build something, you kind of like it more. You put more value towards it because you put it together. Is that what Was that one of the reasons why you had them make the case themselves?
3: That's a, that's exactly right. Uh, I, I wrote about this a little bit in an article in the Atlantic, and uh, talked about the importance of the process. So rather than having them download an app, which they could do, there are apps out there. There's a Toronto company named Flipped, a startup company. They have a great app that will literally make a, uh, it will make other apps on your phone disappear for a amount of time. Um, so no more social media on your phone for an hour or something like that. It's a great product, but as I think for school kids, they need something a little more deliberate where they're involved in the process and they're thinking about it. And yeah, this Ikea effect, they can be proud of the fact that they, they made this thing, they used a hammer to make it. And while they're making it, they're having a discussion with their other classmates and with the teachers about, uh, device usage habits. So it provides a really kind of, uh, an embodied, deliberate activity that they engage in rather than just downloading an app or rather than having their phone just taken away altogether.
2: Has your study um, been focused mostly around um, doing um, the classroom? Uh, And I'm just asking this question because outside of the classroom, I think this problem also exists with respect to the um,
1: well, to the workplace, to the workplace, or even, or even, uh, or even just at home
2: or in restaurants and
1: at the dinner table. Pretty much everywhere now, um, people are glued to their phones. So, have you tried it on other different types of uh, scenarios?
3: I have actually, um, so I've had people order the case online from the website for different reasons. Um, I had a couple of people order it for their partner to keep, uh, by the bed so that when they go to bed at night, they put their phone in the case. If they want to get it out, they have to use that, open that loud Velcro enclosure, um, so that they're not using their phone in bed, uh, at night. I had someone say they put it in their car, um, Actually, there's an author, uh, Caroline Webb, the author of uh, How to Have a Good Day, I think it's called, or How to Have a Great Day. She uh, she purchased one, and she she kind of uh, swears by it as a way of kind of reclaiming reclaiming your life a little bit. Um, the case just creates a small barrier between you and your device, so you think twice before using it.
1: Well, here's the thing. like Teachers could try, like you said, create a locker and the kids come into the classroom, they have to put it away. We know about this effect, and... and pretty much everyone out there, listeners are, are, are listening right now, have experienced this. It's called nomophobia. And that's the anxiety you get when you don't have your phone on me. You might have forgot it at home or, or in your car. And it's just this general sense of anxiety because your phone is not there. So by having this case, it's not locked. Like the teacher's not the one that can unlock. And I thought what's ingenious is that you put Velcro on it. So you can access your phone, except everyone's going to look at you and it might hinder you or... or try to prevent you from opening to check your phone because a lot of people just do it subconsciously. They don't even realize how many times they check their phone throughout a day.
3: Exactly, exactly. There's great research on uh, this idea of nomophobia. A couple of studies, um, one showed that uh, they basically they isolate people in cubicles and have them complete some some cognitive tasks on a computer. One of the studies showed that just having the phone present in that cubicle with you will actually decrease your cognitive abilities to complete tasks on the computer just the presence of that phone just seeing it there um you know sitting there seeing the screen um the other flip side of that another study showed if you take the phone away altogether that creates anxiety as you were mentioning and that also uh depleted people's uh, cognitive abilities to complete certain tasks. So it's kind of a, it's a really interesting area to, uh, more research needs to be done. We're, we're doing some of that at the University of Waterloo. I'm uh, working with the vision and attention lab there. To uh, do some of these studies and see what's going
2: on. Well, I'm sure lots of people have uh, personal experiences, but I, let me share one with you uh, and Andy. I I uh, went uh, golfing the other day, and uh, I forgot. I was in a rush to get up to the tee box, so I forgot my phone in the car. You usually, bring it with me. Uh, I shot my lowest round on the first nine that I <laughs> that I've ever shot before in my life. I went uh, on the um, going to the tenth hole. I passed back by my car and quickly picked up my phone added eight strokes to my game. Now, I'm not saying the two things are linked, but you know, as I listened to you talk about this, you know, and I knew that I didn't have it, so I was okay with it. I didn't have an anxiety. I was just like, that's fine. I don't have it and uh, shot my best round.
1: Well, and that's just <laughs> the anxiety, AJ, of not having your phone. And and you know, the professor mentioned something very interesting is just having the phone in your mere presence. And this actually applies if you go out for dinner with someone. Do not put your phone on the table. It will st- yeah. still distract you and you might not notice it, but it, the, all the research shows that it does.
2: You know what drives me crazy is the Apple Watches now or smartwatches in yes. general.
1: Same yeah. idea. Same idea. Like, people are always like, are you in a rush to go? It's like, no, I'm just checking my messages. <laughs> yeah. That's happening. To me, a, a couple of times now. This resistor case is this something that anybody can buy, or is it only f- catered towards the education system?
3: Oh yeah, anyone can buy it. Uh, it's resistorcase.org is the website. It's uh, it's a .org website because it, it's not a, uh, a massive uh, profit generating enterprise that I'm engaged in right now. I'm really trying to get it out there, get some feedback on it, um, see if people will actually use it. So anyone can order it. Um, If schools want to order it, they should contact me through the website and I can work out um, bulk deals for schools and send them additional information. We're making a video about it that, uh, well, pretty much anyone can watch, but teachers especially would be interested.
1: You're back with Get Connected. Andy Barrar here, filling in for Mike and joined with AJ Vickery. Well... It is September, and now we're heading into the fall season. That means there's a lot of new TV shows and seasons starting. NFL. NFL. <laughs> <laughs> I love how we said it the yeah. same time. <laughs> yeah. The NFL season uh, just started as well. Hey, are you using Dazn? The uh, so Zone. Sorry, I Dazone? keep calling
2: it. Yeah, DZ. Uh, no, sorry, D-A-Z- DAZN. Yeah, yeah. So I used uh, it uh, last year. Yeah. And my one of my favorite features of that was actually watching the games um, with they have a they have a version of it where after the game you can actually watch the condensed game. That's right. It shows you every single play. In the red zone. No, no. Yes. No, not red zone. No. Every play. Wow. So it takes the it takes the what what is a game usually a couple hours? It yeah. takes that and puts it into like 40 minutes. And it's basically it takes out all the walking off the field or injuries or breaks or anything and just it's every single play, but it's condensed. And so let me tell you if you if you watch the nfl in the condensed version you can't even get up to get a beer like you literally can't walk away or else you miss like six plays or something oh. like that and uh, and it's also a bit stressful you know like uh but it's very efficient um but the problem i had with it was that um it didn't work really well like a lot of time
1: yeah yeah they had a bad they had, uh, launch last yeah, year yeah they had a bad launch there yeah. were
2: some there were some definitely some technical glitches and i and i shared my feedback with them because i was looking at a preview um, of it and uh, i'm sure that they're making investments into the infrastructure however uh, i'm not on it this year
1: Oh, so you're not. I'm back to cable. Oh, okay. yeah. well, you and a lot of people. I, I actually just uh, subscribed again. Oh, did so you? I'm going to try it out tomorrow. But, but I'm still watching it on my TV. Yes. Which which, I, which is not mounted. Which is not mounted. So How did you know my TV wasn't mounted? I, I've been to your house. <laughs> Well, you know, a lot of people out there are probably buying a new television. This is a time where people buy new TVs or you already have an existing flat screen, but it's probably sitting on a stand. Now, should you mount it onto your wall? Well, that's why we have an excellent guest. His name is Brent Smalley. He's the marketing manager over at Cantoliving.com. Brent, thanks for joining us. Hey, thanks for having me, Andy. So you guys create a, a variety of projects, uh, pro- products, I should say. Uh, you have a speaker line, the Canto Speakers, but you also make TV mounts. And we thought we'd get you on because people are going back inside to watch television, and a lot of them have never really considered mounting their TV. Well, let's just start with the benefits of having your TV mounted to a wall as opposed to maybe sitting on an entertainment center. What, what are those benefits?
4: Yeah, for sure. So there's quite a few reasons why we recommend people to mount their TV on the wall. Um, probably the biggest and foremost is the safety aspect. Um, if you have kids or pets running around playing in the family room, playing with below TV, uh, you know, if they knock a AV center TVs, while they're getting bigger and lighter, they could still do quite a bit of damage if they fell over on a, uh, you know, a toddler or a pet. Who's running around? So that's probably one of the biggest reasons why we recommend it. And I don't have that but, in front
2: of me, but I can tell you this is a topic of discussion in our house. And, and my wife actually forwarded me an article. It is a huge problem with todd- because TVs used to be so heavy, they were kind of hard to tip. But if you tip them, you're, it's game over, right? Now yeah. TVs are like they're very light, uh, but they're a lot easier to tip over. And if a toddler climbs up onto a shelf where a TV is and pulls it down, that doesn't end well. Like it's still very, very dangerous.
4: Yeah, yeah. I mean, and that's again—that's one of the main reasons we recommend doing that. Um, it it really helps to just to kind of make sure if you're, you know, if you're sitting on the couch and the and your toddler's playing, it only takes a matter of seconds for, uh, you know, for disaster to happen. So it just really eliminates that risk. Uh, uh, what the
1: other, well, sorry? sorry, just to jump in, like a lot of these toddlers, you know, they think that big screen is a is a smartphone or a yeah. tablet, so mm-hmm. they're touching it already. Yeah. <laughs> and like you said, AJ, it's so light that it could tip over. So mm-hmm. that that alone is a good reason why you would want to mount your TV and get it off from you know young young hands.
4: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's uh, that's why I said number one on the list, and uh, most people don't even need to uh, to listen any further. But, um, I mean, it, other reasons, it definitely cleans up your space and unclutters, um, your stand. Uh, it helps if there's a lot of TV mounts have cable management on the back, so it helps to keep it everything nice and clean. And it also allows you to really change the, uh, you know, if you need to change the viewing angle at all. If you're using a TV for multi room so if you have your TV in your family room, uh, a lot of houses these days have big open spaces and, uh, they're, they're open floor plans, so, while you're in the kitchen. You can definitely see into the family room. So, if you're preparing dinner, or if you're, um, you know, if you're in the kitchen and you still want to watch your favorite show or watch the news, uh, it really helps that you're not just kind of getting the side-on view. You can you can adjust the TV and uh, and watch watch the news while you're still standing in the kitchen.
1: Yeah, that's actually a really good uh, use of having a television, especially when you get one of those full motion ones that you can move around because you really can, like, you have a lot of options of where you want it. You don't have to have that perfect seat to uh, to watch. You could, say, you know, sit on a different couch or, like you said, be in the kitchen and still be able to to watch television. Now, the thing about mounts is... Is it something that it's like a DIY, you could do it yourself? Or do you need like a professional installer to, to mount a television? Well, on and, Andy,
2: wall? I was just going to jump in there as well. And it's the same point, like like 10 years ago when the TVs were so heavy, That's right? right? Yeah. Like took two people to pick up a plasma TV kind of thing. Um, but mounting them was very popular. I remember... Um, doing mounting in my own house and literally, like, because of the weight of the TVs and the and the necessity, necessi- sorry, necessity to ki- to be able to support such a heavy structure, it was a major a major installation process. You know what I mean? Like, I did not feel comfortable, um, you know, finding the studs or in some cases removing the studs, putting a box in the wall. And I'm just wondering, um, question for Brett, has that changed?
4: Yeah, I mean, definitely with TVs getting lighter, it uh, it makes it a lot easier to put them on there. And um, one of the things, especially with, we pride ourselves on creating a product that uh, that is able to install at home. So you don't need, uh, for a lot of applications, you don't need to hire a professional installer. You can do it yourself. Uh, we include, you know, for our products, we include installation manuals we we actually shoot installation videos for all of our products as well. so if you're at home, you can follow along and you can actually watch us show you how to mount the TV while you're going through it uh, mounts are you know they some of the mounts can be decently heavy, so we recommend you know two people for a few of our mounts, but for the majority of them, yeah, you can mount it by yourself um it doesn't uh you know there's some there's some complicated bit sometimes, but for the most part, yeah, if you're comfortable with uh, tools, then no problem doing it yourself.
1: One of the things I have to say that I really like about your mounts, um, and I, I just installed one not too long ago, was your bolt package. You have everything really organized, and and the instructions are super clear on how to, how to do it. So you know, I definitely recommend if people are because there's lots of mounts out there. There's, as you know, different manufacturers, but that just kind of gives you that confidence that you know what I can do this by myself if there's people out there that want to uh, learn more about the different types of mounts you have where should they go yeah so uh, they can visit our
4: website uh, canto Uh it's going to have all of our range of mounts so we we do a ton of different Mounts for different applications. So as you said, Andy, we do full motion mounts. We do ones that are tilting. So if you just need to adjust the glare, if you have a window on the opposite wall, that really helps for or for above a fireplace. We do fixed mounts. So if you're setting up a home theater system where your viewing angle is never going to change and you just want to have something simple that's going to hold a massive TV, Uh, we also do some really like unique setups. So we do corner mounts. We do in-wall mounts. We do ceiling mounts and um yeah we've got uh we're actually coming out with a line of rv mounts as well that are galvanized so they can be outside but they can also be moved from inside an rv to inside the house Uh, Our engineering team spent a lot of time working on that, so we're excited to launch that product later this year.
1: Sounds like you got a mount for every different scenario. Brett, I want to thank you for coming on the show. That was Brett Smalley, the marketing manager over at Canto Living, Canadian company as well. You can get more information about their mounts at cantomount.com. You're back with Get Connected. Andy and AJ in studio filling in for Mike Eggerbo. We're going open line now, taking any of your tech questions or calls if you need some buying advice for any kind of gear. Give us a shout. The numbers, if you're in the Metro Vancouver area, the number is 604-280-9898. Anywhere across Canada, you can give us a ring at 1-877-399-9898. Let's jump over to the phone boards. We got Bob in Burnaby. Bob, how are you? Yeah, I'm fine. What can we do for you?
0: Yeah, I uh, we were you were talking about streaming video, and uh, I was having a problem with streaming video. Um, I have Amazon Prime, and uh, when I stream the video, uh, it'll go fine for uh, quite a while, like half an hour. Then suddenly it stops, and the little circle turns, and within half a minute it'll start up again, and then it stops and starts and stops, and a message comes up and says you have insufficient bandwidth. No, i have telus service and i had the telus technician here they checked out their service they upgraded the equipment etc and uh... it was still doing it so i talked to amazon and they checked out their streaming and said it's fine uh, it could be your tv i have a a late model it's like um... just over a year old uh, lg smart tv they say it could be your tv uh... receiver uh... you know your your operating system so they sent me a fire stick and I put the fire stick in and it streams fine on uh, Wi-Fi. So I just wonder if any if you or any of your readers have had a similar problem with say the LG operating system and whether somebody has found a solution because I find it a lot more convenient to use uh, the
1: remote rather than the Fire Stick one, the remote for the uh, TV. Now, Bob, when you are connecting it to your television, was it through Ethernet or through Wi-Fi? Uh, as in, is the
2: TV itself hardwired into your home network or is the TV itself connected to your um, Wi-Fi network? Wi-Fi.
0: Well, I, I ran an Ethernet cable across the floor, uh, you know, from the router to the to the TV and, and connected it directly.
1: Uh, and the problem is still there. Hmm. Now, the LG platform, um, it actually was based on the old, I don't remember this, AJ. Yeah, the WebOS. WebOS, which is actually a really nice platform. Have you gone into the settings to see if it can get updated at all, Bob? Uh, no, I haven't. Uh, I'm
0: sort of assuming that when you when you turn these TVs on, like uh, it will say there's an update uh, available, do you want to update it? Because it does this with the apps. When you open, try to open an app, like uh, this is the Amazon app, when you try to open these apps, it will say uh, there's an update available, uh, do you want it? So you just click yes, and it downloads it.
2: Well, I would, uh, to Andy's point, I would still go into your general settings and that TV interface for the web OS and see if it does. Uh, but I, but I, I do agree. I don't necessarily know if that is your issue. What I would do, though, however, uh, because you did run that cable across the floor to connect it to the TV in order to try to improve the, the internet connection, I'm wondering if um, the TV. Um, still accepted that versus still staying connected to the Wi-Fi, so there might be a hard setting in there, and to tell it to not connect to the Wi-Fi, and and to use the network connection, so that it's it's either either or. And the reason why I suggest that. Uh, Bob is because what Andy and I are thinking with an older TV is that it probably has an older antenna in it which means that it's probably not um, um, receiving the speeds that the newer routers are capable of giving over Wi-Fi whereas the Fire Stick eliminates that problem because the Fire Stick is getting that that direct Wi-Fi signal. And
1: and to your point AJ, if you do connect the television through Wi-Fi and then later put an Ethernet, you pretty much have to disconnect the internet completely and then set up that internet connection again and it typically will ask you, do you want to go through the Ethernet Ethernet port or use the Wi-Fi network. And the receiver on the Wi-Fi, especially with older TVs, can uh, not be as good as something like the Fire Stick, which is continuously coming out with new products. And if I could just throw out one
2: kind of like general comment, um, um, hope I mean Bob try those things, but uh, I, I totally agree with the idea of having this interface easier so you don't have to switch back and forth between these different inputs and all the rest of it. I, I agree with that. What I did is I put in um, an, uh, a basically a Google Android box. This one was from Nvidia Shield, but or Nvidia called their Shield, but it's a basically an Android TV box, yes. and it lets me do everything. I'm allowed to take my sources um, through that box for all the services that I get. So, so now I can go to my Netflix or go to my Prime Video and all these different things without without again, like you say, um, Bob, switching between you know you know going to these different remotes and doing all that.
1: Well, well, I can just tell from Bob's situation that it's definitely not the internet because like you said, once you had the fire TV, everything was working and your television is connected via ethernet. So as long as you can... Uh, verify that it is using the Ethernet connection. It must be the operating system, the uh, WebOS operating system that LG uses. So try to check out for an update. See if that works. And um, if not, you know, give us a, a send us an email. Just send me an email, Andy at GetConnectedMedia dot com, and let me know if that was working or not. You're back with Get Connected, Andy Barrar and AJ Vickery in studio filling in for Mike Eggerbo. We've gone open line. If you got any questions, give us a shout. The numbers once again in the Metro Vancouver area. 604-280-9898. And if you're calling across Canada, give us a ring at 1-877-399-9898. AJ, I don't know if you saw this, but uh, I, I found this very interesting story earlier this week. Smartphone screens. Are three times dirtier than a toilet seat. Oh, man. And you know, a lot of people don't realize, like, you got to ask yourself, all the listeners listening right now, when's the last time you cleaned your smartphone? And think about like all the different things that you do with it. It's, it's pretty. I saw my daughter licking my smartphone the other day. <laughs> <laughs> now the thing is it harbors bacteria because it's, it's a warm screen. It has heat. So it just attracts it. You definitely, if, if you are interested in trying to clean your phone, you're going to want to watch global morning news. Mike Agrabo is going to be coming and showing this device that we just got in called the phone soap. This is a little box and you put your phone into it and And it uses UV rays to clean your phone. It's very, very interesting. So something that you'll definitely want to check out. (laughs) Getting back to the phone boards, we have Marie in North Vancouver. Maria, what can we do for you?
3: Good morning. Love your show. I was just wondering, all of a sudden in the last three days, I'm starting getting these weird emails. And they're from people who it almost looks at first glance at someone in my contact list but a couple of the letters are different in the name. Mm-hmm. I haven't opened them. I've deleted them and then deleted them, but it's consistently, I usually get two in the morning and one in the evening.
1: Yeah, that's a, you know, email spam is is a, Problem that pretty much never is going to go away, and there's always it's like a whack-a-mole where you try to do something and they try to do something else. In that case, and what they're really trying to do is is trick you that it is from someone that you know. Yeah, and so
2: this is this is a big problem right now. I'm noticing I'm, and hearing about this happening more and more and more. You look at your you look at your email, and it's the name of someone that you would expect to get an email from. Yeah, and it looks like it's from them or a company, but if you and, and it's tricky. In order to see that it's actually not that person, you have to look at the actual email address, which is often in beside it. Yes. And uh, people don't That's really right. notice that. Yeah. And you look at it and you realize that, oh my, this is actually, like if I look at that, that is... That is not, like, the most important thing to look at is what's after the at. That's right. Um, Because that's usually uh, uh, a bunch of different things that are not related to the person who sent it.
1: And typically what they're trying to do is get you to click on some type of link, and from there, then it can infect your computer with malware, and then do the same thing to your contacts. And that's basically what happened, is somebody in your contacts probably clicked on that, and then they're trying to change everything to make it look like it is from someone you know, so you click, and it just keeps on going, and going. So my first suggestion is change your password on your email. That's the first thing you would want to do. And then try to do some uh, virus checkers on your computer to see if there is any malware on that Looks like we're out of time. Don't forget to go to our website to enter for the BlackBerry Key 2. This is one of their newest smartphones from BlackBerry. It's an excellent prize. Just comment on the contest to tell what you why you would want it. That's all the time we have left today. Mike Agarwal will be back next week. You're listening to Get Connected. Thank you and have yourself a great day.